Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Oh, it's about to get ugly. Yes, it's about to get ugly. After blowing it open on yesterday's show about the Comey putting a spy in the Trump White House. Do I have some stuff for you today, by the way? Big hat tip to our friend 279 and Judy. I've got some information today. It's going to blow your mind, folks. I promise you we're going to make some connections that are going to, you know, Reagan-style, spin your head, William Peter Blatty exorcist-style, pea soup and all. Ow! This is going to blow your mind. Welcome to the Dan yeah. Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Boy, it's like a regular communist meanie feasto out there, Daniel. But I'm glad to be here. Uh, my friend, I'm telling you, today's show is stacked. I don't say this up, but I think this may be up yeah. there with 628, all some right, of the stuff Dan. we have today. Finally putting this all together. So without further ado, all don't right. go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss any of this. I guarantee you we're going to be driving the conversation today. Uh, let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at iTarget. I want to thank my friends at iTarget Pro. Quite possibly the coolest gift to give or the best thing to buy for yourself if you're interested in improving your proficiency with a firearm. If you own a firearm, safety and proficiency are paramount. You have to obviously be safe with that weapon. It's a dangerous weapon, but you also have to be proficient. God forbid you have to use it to defend yourself or your family. You have to be able to engage properly. You have to be proficient with that firearm. Sight alignment, sight picture, all of these things matter. Your grip, these are all important components of using a firearm accurately iTarget Pro is the first dry fire training system to combine smartphone technology with the industry's best laser round. Using your smartphone, their app tracks a laser round which fits in the firearm you have now. No manipulations. Here's how it works. You have a 9mm, whatever it is. I have a 6-hour uh, 365. You safely unload that weapon. Check it, check it twice. You load the iTarget Pro laser round in. You drop it in there. And instead of dry firing, getting uh, that click, a laser round will emit onto a target they give you. And now you can see where the round would have gone. This is the best system out there for training your accuracy. People send me pictures of their targets uh, that you can see it on your app on your iPhone. And their proficiency goes from this kind of group to that kind of group in just a week. It's amazing. Mm. iTarget Pro is completely safe, comes with a caliber-specific laser round and a target system so you can begin training immediately in the safety and security of your own home. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the best way to improve the safety and proficiency of your and your skills with a firearm. It's also available for 223-556 for you uh, AR-15 fans out there. Save time, save money, take your skill to the next level safety and effectively with iTarget Pro. That's the letter, iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com. Use promo code DAN and save 10%. You're going to love this system. I promise you, if you own a firearm, pick up iTarget, uh, the iTarget Pro system. It's the best system out there. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. So yesterday, uh, in a nutshell, I brought up the fact that the uh, everybody's panicking about the IG report because now it's looking highly likely that the FBI, led by Jim Comey at the time, ran a rogue spying operation on the president of the United States and may have had or tried to develop sources within the White House to spy on the president with no... Uh, buttressing evidence for a proper probable cause case to do any of this or reasonable suspicion case or any suspicion at all preponderance of evidence any standard of evidence right. they didn't have the evidence so yesterday i suggested to you that this guy anthony ferrante who was working in the white house and also working at the fbi was a very suspicious character and i thought to myself where did i see this guy before so i'm going to play this cut on cnn 
This is Anthony Ferranti on CNN in December of 2018, former FBI official, oh. right, who was in the White House at Comey's instructions and reporting back to the FBI. Here's him on Wolf Blitzer's show on CNN, December 2018, speculating on the Mike Flynn case. This is important. You're a former FBI agent. Uh, what does it say to you that they met 19 times? So I think I think it's very significant, of course. 19 times is a lot of times to interview a cooperating witness. But I think it also sends a message. Everything Mueller does is with precision. Everything included in this document was included for a reason. Nothing was done accidental. Precision. <sighs> there is him kissing the butt of Bob Mueller, uh, talking about how the Flynn case and the cooperation, it's all being done with precision. Yes. Well, if you listen to yesterday's show, you know the Flynn case is a steaming pile of hot garbage that the government prosecutors themselves can't even explain to the jury what Flynn did wrong. Please listen to yesterday's show if you want a tragically comic laugh about how awful the case against Mike Flynn is. It's so bad, the government can't even explain to the jury what Flynn did wrong. I'm not kidding. It's in yesterday's show. You can see the screenshots. How do we explain to the jury? Hell if I know. They don't even know what he did wrong. But there is this guy, Ferrante, who, again, according to yesterday's show, appears was detailed to the White House. He has very specific experience in cybercrime while reporting back to the FBI. There is him. There's a Ferrante on Wolf Blitzer's show kissing the butt of Bob Mueller and explaining how this case against Mike Flynn is precise and it's so terrific and everybody's in a world of trouble. Eh, wrong. Who is Anthony Ferrante? Hmm. What was he doing in the White House while working for the FBI at the instruction of James Comey, who hated Donald Trump, hated the, one of the most corrupt FBI directors we've ever seen? What was he doing in the White House? Well, again, hat tip 279. Let's go back to the Sarah Carter piece from a while ago. Sarah, who's done some terrific work on this case. Sarah Carter had a piece in April of 2019. Breaking FBI text show agents discussed recruiting White House sources to spy for the Bureau. Huh? What? Huh? The FBI was recruiting people to spy on the Trump White House? Is this like Cuba? Are we living in the United States right now? You may say, how did we get from Ferrante to here? Oh, oh, hold on now. Hold on. As my grandmother used to say, hold your horses. Hold your horses. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Hold your horses. It's kind of got out of style, hold your horses. Yeah. From the Sarah Carter piece, she covers a series of texts. But between FBI investigator assigned to investigate Donald Trump and his team, open the crossfire hurricane case, and his FBI lawyer girlfriend, Lisa Page. I want you to read these texts, and before we read them, I want you to ask the question and keep in your mind, who is Charlie? Who is the CI guy? Let me read these texts for you. Here's Stroke talking to Lisa Page, talking with Bill. Uh, he's talking about Bill Prystep, his boss in the FBI. Do we want Joe to go with Evanina instead of Charlie for a variety of reasons, talking about going to the White House? Joe is FBI agent Joe Pianca. Uh, Evanina is a reference to William Evanina, National Counterintelligence and Security Center. So he's talking about here with Lisa Page, who they want to go to the White House. Do we want Joe to go with Evanina instead of Charlie hmm. for a variety of reasons? Who is Charlie? Page responds back. Hmm. Not sure. Would it be unusual 
to have and it's blank show up again. Maybe another agent from the team? Stroke responds, or he's the quote CI guy. Same, might make sense. He can assess if there's any news, questions, or a different demeanor. If Katie's husband is there, he can see if there are people we can develop for potential relationships. Holy Moses. Mm. This is the lead investigator investigating Donald Trump talking to Andy McCabe's lawyer, FBI lawyer Lisa Page, who he's having an affair with, stroke that is, not McCabe, about developing potential relationships, in other words, sources inside the White House, on a White House they're investigating with no predicate evidence. Now, there are some key names in there. Ladies and gentlemen, this Carter piece is worth your time. It's in the show notes today at Bongino.com. You subscribe to my email list. I'll send them right to you. You can do that on my website. Please do. First, Katie's husband. I think we've reasonably reasonably established through prior episodes. Katie is a, a woman that works for Peter Stroke. Her husband is Josh Pitcock, the former vice prince chief of staff. We did a show on this before. It's very suspicious that they appear to be using personal relationships in the FBI, a spousal relationship. Pitcox, the vice president's chief of staff, is married to someone, this woman named Katie, working for the FBI. It's troubling enough that it appears FBI agents, senior managers like Peter Stroke, he's not a GS-13, folks. This is an SES, senior executive service, FBI manager, talking about using a spousal relationship to develop, quote, potential relationships in the White House while referring to a CI guy and Charlie. Who is Charlie? Why are they worried about sending Charlie or the CI guy back to the White House? Who's the CI guy? Folks, is Ferrante the CI guy? Is Ferrante Charlie? Now, folks, as you know, some of you in law enforcement, it's not uncommon to refer to confidential informants by the name Charlie because you don't want to give up their names. That's not their real name, is it? Now, again, to be fair, because I don't want to do with the New York Slimes, the Washington Post, and bloggers like the Daily Beast and stuff do. I'm speculating a bit on what this could be and who this could be. Charlie could be a number of people. There are a couple of individuals at the upper levels of the FBI involved with counterintel with the name Charlie. It could have been. Hmm. But keep in mind, now, Joe, is this making sense? Stop me if it's not. They are talking about sending a CI guy, counterintelligence guy. That's what they're talking about, I think. Could be something else, but it's reasonably a CI guy into the White House, and they're worried. It appears they're worried that he's going to be discovered. Ladies and gentlemen, is this CI guy they're talking about, this guy Ferrante? Keep in mind, we know, according to yesterday's show, and you can go and uh, listen with for further details, Ferrante's working for the FBI, this guy Anthony Ferrante, you just saw in that CNN clip, who seems to know an awful lot about the Flynn case, mm. or thinks he does. Kissing the butt of Bob Mueller. He had left the FBI at that point. He was assigned by the FBI to the White House and was reporting back to Jim Comey. What was he reporting on? Now, this is where this gets crazy time. What was Ferrante's job prior to this whole thing in the Obama administration with the FBI? This is nuts. Put up his FDI consulting uh, resume. This is what he lists on his FDI consulting, FTI consulting resume, where he works now, FTI consulting global. Let me read this to you. (laughs) This is where it gets crazy, folks. 
Prior to joining FTI Consulting, Mr. Ferrante served as the Director for Cyber Incident Response at the U.S. National Security Council at the White House, where he coordinated U.S. response to unfolding domestic and international cybersecurity crises and issues. Listen to this. This gets crazy time. Building on his extensive cybersecurity and incident response experience, he led the development and implementation of Presidential Policy Directive 41, United States Cyber Incident Coordination. (laughs) What's Presidential Policy Directive 41? Do tell. Time out. We'll get to that in a second. So Ferrante, while he's with the FBI, that Presidential Policy Directive 41 was signed by Obama. He is assigned to the Obama National Security Council, and his job is to implement this cybersecurity initiative. I'm going to get to in a second what that is, but I want you to keep that in your head. I got to lay this out the right way. Let me put up an article by Yana Winter in Foreign Policy Magazine. This is interesting. It describes what Ferrante did after he left the FBI. This is a February 12, 2018 article. Foreign Policy. Former senior FBI official is leading BuzzFeed's effort to verify the Trump dossier. Who is the individual? Anthony Ferrante. Let's go to the piece. There's some interesting screenshots from this piece I'm going to put out there for you. Number one. As a top FBI cybersecurity official tasked to the White House, Ferrante was in charge of coordinating the U.S. government response to Russian attempts to meddle in the 2016 election, among other responsibilities. (laughs) Oh, wow. Isn't that convenient? The guy responsible for their implementation in the Obama administration of a presidential directive responding to Russian efforts to collude and interfere. That was his job before? (laughs) This gets better. Prior to joining the NSC in 2015, Ferrante was chief of staff for the FBI cyber division at headquarters under then director Jim Comey. Ferrante, still working for the FBI, but at the White House, stayed in his position as director for cyber incident response to the NSC through the Trump administration until April when he left to join FDI consulting. His first big deal there, his big contract. Here, look at that fancy effects. Ah, Check out Paula out there. Uh, Here's screenshot number two. She's like fading things in and out now. You having fun out there? A screenshot number two from the foreign policy piece. Here's what he does at FTI. Ferrante launched what's now been a month-long stealth effort chasing down documents and conducting interviews on the ground in various countries around the world. This is his, he's trying to verify the fake dossier now. His team directed BuzzFeed lawyers. They were suing the promoters of the dossier because they said the dossier had some legitimacy to it. Therefore, they can print it. BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. That's what that's the backstory on this. So his team in working with BuzzFeed directed their BuzzFeed lawyers to direct sp- and spe- uh, subpoena specific data and testimony from dozens of agencies or companies around the country and assembled a cyber ops war room to analyze that data according to sources familiar in the work. Ladies and gentlemen, how the does this guy know where to go and what to subpoena? Think about this. I'm Budsman Joe. Follow this closely. We'll do. Think about this. Yes, yes. Follow me. How does Anthony Ferrante know if he's trying to verify the dossier for BuzzFeed to save BuzzFeed from getting from sued for printing it? 
How does Ferrante immediately know where to go, what countries to go to, who mm. to subpoena, and what businesses? How would he know that? Mm-hmm. Inside baseball. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because he's already been on this thing. Bada boom. Let's go back to Presidential Directive 41. If you don't mind, Paula, please put up the screenshot what Presidential Directive 41 is. This is from everycrsreport.com. Presidential Policy Directive 41, again, signed by Obama. What is the role in Department of Defense? It's about Department of Defense. Here's from the piece. I want to describe to you the beginning. Here's what this was. What Ferrante from the FBI, who's later working to verify the dossier and seems to know exactly where to go to verify the dossier, even though he can't, he was in charge with implementing this thing. Check this out. Here's what it was. Presidential Policy Directive 41, United States Cyber Incident Coordination. Get a load of this, folks. Setting forth principles governing the federal government's response to any cyber incident, whether involving government or private sector entities. What's the date? (laughs) It's too good to be true. No. July 26, 2016. Oh, it goes on. Keep that up there. Uh-huh. So on July 26th, right in the middle of the presidential campaign, Barack Obama has to sign this big, bold initiative on cybersecurity coordination with the FBI for cyber incidents. Get a load of this, though. Why does he do it? And why do they release this? Because it was issued following, quote, high-profile attacks such as the OPM breach in 2015 and the recent breach of the DNC's email system. Oh, oh. Working on my boxing skills again with my bad elbows. So just to be clear, We're in the middle of a presidential campaign. Trump has no relationship with the Russians with regards to collusion. It's a hoax, okay? Mm. We're told that this hoax is initiated later on when the FBI gets all this information about Papadopoulos. Mm. But it appears in July 26th of 2016 that the Obama team is so concerned about Russian collusion in the election. They say, by the way, in December, they say can't happen. So months later, Obama gives a speech at the White House. No one's going to interfere with our election. I mean, excuse me, right before the election, not in December. It's days before the election in October, November. Obama goes, nobody's going to mess with our election. But back in July, he's so concerned about the election interference. He says it's never going to happen right before the election. Why? Because he thinks Hillary's going to win. And he doesn't want to taint the Hillary election. You get that? Yeah, yeah. Right before the election, Obama gives a speech. If we had time, I'd play it today, but I played it so many times, I don't want to bore you. Obama clearly says, Mr. Trump's crazy. No one's going to interfere with our elections. You can't even do it. They're so decentralized. Stop whining. But that's not what he said months earlier in July. They were so concerned. Air quotes can say, were concerned. They were setting up a narrative in advance. He puts out this policy directive 41 in response to the hacking of the DNC. We're so, look at this. And who does he charge with implementing it? This guy Ferrante. This guy Ferrante. That was his job to implement Presidential Policy Directive 41 in response to Russian activities. The same guy who Comey assigns to the Trump White House. Mm -hmm. The same guy who leaves the Trump White House 
goes to work for a private consulting company. That private consulting company then goes to work for BuzzFeed to verify the dossier because BuzzFeed's being sued. And the same guy implementing Obama's cybersecurity initiative in response to the DNC hacking, who stays on with the Trump team, while these FBI agents are talking about implanting reliable sources inside the White House. Who's Charlie? Who's the CI guy? That very same guy then magically goes to work for a private company that seems to know exactly where to go on how to verify the dossier. How would he know? Was he working on this the whole time while working at the Trump NSC? Oh, I'm not even done. No? You may, no, 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 Armacost. No, no. Because we're no, no, approaching no. 628 territory, way. dude. Yeah. I know. Yeah. By the way, when you come down, I got a nice gift for you. This uh, is a Vincero. Cool. You're not even oh, sponsored. I just wanted to tell you that because I love Thanks, you. Thanks, man. It's nice watch, right? When you come down, I want to give that to you. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Cool, brother. Totally off topic. But no, I'm not done. July 26th, 2016. Obama, we need a national cybersecurity initiative now Mm -hmm. in response to the DNC hacking. And again, magically months later, he says, don't you worry, nobody's going to mess with our elections. He's already setting up the collusion hoax. Look what I did. This initiative, and we got this guy, Ferrante. This is great. He's implementing this thing with the FBI. Isn't that great? Ladies and gentlemen, what happens just days later? Let me put up this Newsday piece. It's the first one I found because you can find hundreds of pieces on this. But here's a piece of Newsday by Tom Brune here. What was the origin of the FBI investigation into the Trump team, May 26, 2019? Look at the date, which you probably already know. When did the investigation into the Trump team, noted and called Crossfire Hurricane, begin? Put up the screenshot from that piece very clearly. July 31st, 2016. Folks, do you understand what's going on here? You know, I only cover the Spygate stuff when I feel like it's topical and there's a reason to discuss it. There's a lot of other news going on. The country's under attack with horrible liberal values. Um, our political system, that is, our system of governance, our freedom in many cases. I don't need to beat you over the head with this every day. You know? Um, but do you understand what's going on here? Why the left is in a full-blown panic about the IG report that's about to come out? Do you understand now, in conjunction with the story I put out yesterday, John Solomon's coverage and other people's coverage, of the Jim Comey might have been running a rogue intel operation against the President of the United States. Do you now understand what's happening? Oh, yeah. Let me lay it out for you simply if you missed the connections I made. And I've got one more little factoid to throw out there. FBI official is tasked to the Obama White House, Ferrante. Ferrante's charged with implementing an Obama directive on cybersecurity. That cybersecurity directive conveniently comes out after the DNC hack 
and it implement it implicates Russians, mm-hmm. even though this the evidence on that is still shaky. In other words, this Russian narrative with Trump is already set up. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listen, I don't want to throw in a plug here, but it's important. My second book is available for pre-order now, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever you want. If you want to buy five, you don't. I don't care. I'm just telling you, I've been working on this for months. My second book nails this story to the wall. It's called Exonerated. Please, please, please pick it up. It will be out in September. We, it's wrapped. It is ready to rock and roll. They did this before. They have tried this before. This attaching Republican candidates to Russians in an effort to make them look like they were colluding to win elections. The whole book lays it out like a movie script. They tried this on McCain. The only reason it didn't work is because Bush was president and wouldn't let the FBI and them play ball. Or they didn't even try to let you know, because they knew it would go nowhere. They already had this narrative movie script. Blank colluded with Russians. Who's the nominee? Trump. Trump. <laughs> they filled it in. Here it is, folks. Here's what they did. Trump. They filled it in on a piece of paper. Trump. That's as simple as that. They had tried this before. The book nails this. Obama was already laying the groundwork with his team. We'll put out this directive. We'll say the Russians hacked the DNC. We'll put an FBI guy in charge of it. The, the, the election's over. Oh my gosh, Trump won. Hey, I got an idea. Because the FBI's been working on this the whole time, let's keep the same FBI guy in the White House. While simultaneously, Peter Stroke and his girlfriend are talking about implanting FBI guys and using relationships in the White House to get information from the White House to spy on them. The same guy then leaves to work for a private company to try to verify the document the FBI used as a predicate to spy on Trump and the subsequent Trump White House later on. Is this incredible? (laughs) Now, what happens, one final factoid here. What happens between July 26, 2016 and the opening, the official opening of the secret investigation into Trump just days later on July 31st, 2016? The day before they opened the case on July 30th, 2016. My guess is there is some hesitancy, uh, hesitancy, excuse me, in the Department of Justice after this July 26th presidential uh, presidential directive 41 there's probably some hesitancy to start this trump collusion hoax because the evidence is so shady Mm. joe they need someone to push it over the edge Mm -hmm. yeah so what happens july 30th the day before Bruce Orr, senior doj official number four doj official whose wife is working for the company Ginning up this fake dossier through Christopher Steele. Orr and his wife meet at the Mayflower Hotel in D.C. with Christopher Steele, the producer of the fake dossier. They then contact Andy McCabe at the FBI, and the next day, voila, the case against Trump is open. And the blank colluded with the Russians, let's pencil in Trump. It happens. Folks, this is insane. Who is Charlie? Who I, I want I want to know. 
Who is Peter Stroke referring to, the Charlie they're going to send to the White House that they think is going to elicit some suspicion? Who's Charlie? Who's the CI guy? Why are you planting a counterintelligence guy in the White House? And why are you so worried about being discovered? Why are you worried about, in Stroke, Texas girlfriend, changes in demeanor? Because you're worried about your source, your spy in the White House being uncovered? Where is the media on this man? It's their text. We're not making this up. It's their stuff, man. Their stuff. Where is the media on this? My gosh, you have entirely abdicated your responsibilities to do even a scintilla of investigative journalism. If it wasn't for the Sarah Carters, the Solomons, the Jeff Carlsons, and the myriad of other people, Chuck Ross and others out there, who have done the homework on this, Lee Smith, others, we would have nothing. You're not remotely curious who Charlie is and why they're worried about him showing up in the White House, picking him out. You're not, you don't, you don't care. You're not worried about the CI guy. You're not curious why a guy who was tasked to implement a cybersecurity initiative by Obama in response to a DNC hack they alleged happened by the Russians is the same guy in the Trump White House reporting back to Comey and then appearing on CNN later defending Mueller, Comey, and investigating the dossier to make it appear real? None of this bothers you? You have totally, completely abandoned America. And I'm being candid here. It's shameful. It's really, really shameful. All right, don't go anywhere. I got I'm not even done with the tactical nukes here today. I mean, I've got more. I've got the response by Adam Schiff, who's panicking here. Don't go anywhere. And I've got another article by Solomon. And I've got a video um, that Joe saw before the show. And, uh. Yeah, I, you're gonna trust me. You're gonna want to stay tuned, I'm, folks. It's not. It's not gonna make you happy. But I want to play the video because you need to see what's happening in our cities right now. Complete anarchy and chaos has broken out. Stay tuned, please. This is a stack show. It's important. It may go a little bit over today, but it's important. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at new sponsor here, Joe. Proactive. Now, hey. you know, it's interesting when Proactive, when we, we signed on with them is that the, the, uh, to read for them as a company. They're like, you know about Proactive? I said, Proactive. I didn't even need. Usually you'll do these calls with the company. I said, don't even. I, I did, but I don't even need it. We've been using Proactive in my household forever since I lived in Maryland in Severna Park. I actually said to them at Proactive, I said, look in your files or whatever. You'll see our old address in Maryland, too. We've been, a, we've been uh, clients of Proactive forever. Uh, so a first person endorsement for it was easy. We've been using it here for a long time. Um, my daughters, I even use it sometimes. Listen, sometimes you go on TV, you know, you get a blemish on your face. You get some acne. It happens. I'm Italian. I have very greasy skin. Proactive. This <laughs> stuff works. It is fantastic. My teenage daughter loves it. She's like, dad, can you get me some samples? I said, I'll do, I'll work on it. I'll do my best. Folks, school's coming back, but breakouts don't have to. You don't want to send to your school breakouts. Listen, I know. I was a kid. You, you had acne me here and there it was annoying it really is it's on your face uh, you don't like it. it doesn't look great you want to get rid of those breakouts there's a solution for you proactive has it wouldn't it be great to get your kids clear skin and confident for the new school year as a parent nothing's worse than seeing your kids go back to school and not feeling their best having acne as a teen is a struggle it can be a major cause of anxiety i know listen i was there i have no problem telling you that it's tough it is and you know sometimes if it gets bad you know it can leave some scars on your face you don't want that 
With America's number one acne brand, Proactive has helped fight acne for almost 25 years. Now with their next generation acne treatment, Proactive MD will have your kids going back to school feeling their best. Uh, Proactive MD, have your kids feeling the best, look their best. We love it, works, we use it in the household. Proactive MD contains Adapalene, which is the newest acne-fighting innovation made available over-the-counter uh, for consumers. Adapalene is a dermatologist-recommended topical retinoid used in the treatment of mild to moderate acne and is the first prescription-strength retinoid that is FDA-approved for use in treating acne without a prescription. Folks, this stuff works. It works great. It, it'll decrease the number and severity uh, Adapalene may decrease the number and severity of acne pimples and promote quick healing of pimples that do develop. It works by affecting the growth of, of cells and decreasing acne inflammation. This is great stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, it's trusted and effective. You can get uh, the deep clean face wash, daily oil control with SPF 30 and the Adapalene gel. Right now for our listeners, we have a back to school offer from Proactive you can't get anywhere else. With your Proactive MD order, you're also received for free Proactive's on-the-go bag, which features their T-Zone oil absorber, body acne wipes, and green tea moisturizer, close to $100 value, plus free shipping with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't wait. Go to Proactive.com slash Bongino for this special offer. Again, that's Proactive.com slash Bongino to order and make your kids' first day back to school their best day ever. Proactive.com slash Bongino. Again, it may decrease the number and severity of acne pimples and promote quick healing of acne that does develop. So check it out, folks. Proactive.com slash Bongino. Welcome on board. Okay. So John Solomon has another piece out. And uh, again, not to keep harping on the book, but in the book, not only we did uh, my second book, Exonerated, do I describe how they tried this before. The Democrats have tried this blank colluded with the Russian scandal before. And do I lay it all out in intricate detail? One of the things I also talk about at length in the book is how in July of 2017, a couple of months after Mueller's hired in May of 2017, what happened? We call it the Civil War, me and my sources. This Civil War breaks out with among the Spygate colluders, the Trump administration. Why? Because by July of 2017, my research indicates Bob Mueller knows this case is the biggest scam going. How? Why? Because, folks, in July of 2017, the Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, uncovers the stroke text we showed you in the beginning of the show. All of this back and forth, planting CI guys, worrying about the CI guy in the White House, sending Charlie to the White House. Who's Charlie? All of this stuff. This back and forth is uncovered. The Inspector General, the essentially the internal affairs officer for the Department of Justice, figures out with these texts that there is something way wrong with this investigation to Trump, and he gives the information to Mueller. I have no doubt Mueller and his team now panic. They now know they're investigating a hoax. They know collusion's a hoax. And now they know not only is there, are they investigating a hoax, but that the investigation may be, in fact, worthy of an investigation itself. Uh-huh. So instead of Mueller who runs the most disgusting, disturbing investigation of U.S. history, doing the right thing, coming out in July of 2017 saying, hey, I've seen these texts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a lot of trouble. It appears the White House was spied on. Collusion is, in fact, a hoax. The real crime here appears to be the FBI forfeiting its procedure to target a duly elected president. That's not what Mueller does. 
What Mueller does is double down on a fake obstruction investigation to keep the investigation going to hopefully clean this mess up and get Trump impeached in time so nobody figures this out. That is the only explanation for the dereliction of duty Bob Mueller engaged in and his his corrupt team with Andy Weissman. Now, that July 2017 date is a key theme throughout my book. That is when this whole thing goes down. The leak about James Baker leaking things to the press, who's the FBI lawyer. Mueller doubles down. Follow me. July 2017, Mueller finds out it's a hoax. Instead of letting it go, he doubles down. He finds it, he he makes it his imperative to attack the Trump team from every angle. What happens in July of 2017? The Flynn team starts getting emails from Mueller, starts getting letters from Mueller. We need you to talk about this and that. Papadopoulos is arrested on a probable cause arrest at the airport in a panic at Dulles Airport on his way back to Chicago. Manafort's house is raided in the early morning. Think about the corruption here, ladies and gentlemen. Mueller finds out the case is a dog, and instead of letting everybody go and admitting he's investigating a hoax, he doubles down and starts locking people up, going after Flynn, Papadopoulos, Manafort. Now... John Solomon is a piece up in the hill yesterday, adding a little gasolina to the July date. Remember, July is when the Civil War breaks out because Mueller now knows he's investigating a hoax and they engage in this witch hunt to cover this whole thing up. Here's Solomon's piece from the hill yesterday in the show notes and must read. Please, again, subscribe to the email list. I'll send them to you. How Mueller deputy Andy Weissman's offer to an oligarch could boomerang on the DOJ. John Solomon, July 22nd, 2019. Here is for the piece hat tip 279. Again, circle this for me because he's been working on this with us with this July 2017 civil war. Look at this screenshot from the piece. So just a little background. Andy Weissman, Mueller's pit bull, really his hack corrupted lawyer. They know their case is done in July. So instead of letting it go, Joe, they double down. They go to this Ukrainian oligarch, Dimitrio Firtash, right? Mm -hmm. And they offer him a deal a month earlier in June. He doesn't take the deal. Panic breaks out in July. Look at the date here. Back up on the Solomon piece. They go back to this guy who's alleged to have worked with Manafort. And let me read to you what they from Solomon's piece. Prosecutors in plea deals typically ask a defendant for a written proffer of what they can provide in testimony, and they identify the general topics that might interest them. But Weissman appeared to go much further in a July 7, 2017 meeting, oh, with Furtash's American lawyers and FBI agents, sharing private theories of nascent special counsel investigations into Trump. Paul Manafort and Russia, according to defense memos. Ladies and gentlemen, it is all unraveling on these idiots now. Uh, Yeah. Weissman and Mueller know in July their case is about to get blown out of the water. They have the case. Here's a timeline for you on the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Bongino if you want to see it. All of this, this is the July timeline. Paula put it up on the screen. Pause it if you're on the YouTube channel. You can see how June, July, all of this breaks. Why? Because this is when Mueller finds out the case is a hoax. Manafort's raided. Flynn's contacted. The Circa leak about Jim Baker. Papadopoulos arrested. Strokes fired. Cohen's put under investigation. Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer. Why? Because Andy Weissman panics. 
They have to get Trump. They can't admit to the American public they're, they're investigating a hoax. So they go to this Ukrainian oligarch, Dimitrio Fertash. You can read the Solomon mm-hmm. piece for the details. But in summary, Joe, Fertash, according to these these crazy lunatic theories yeah. um, uh, Weissman has, is a Ukrainian oligarch who may be involved in this bribery scheme and may have had information on Manafort. Turns out later the bribery scheme was a slide from a McKinsey uh, company PowerPoint that was not a bribery scheme at all. It was like a hypothetical thing. (laughs) So they panic. So Weissman in July during the Civil War goes back to Fertash's lawyers. He's like, please, please cooperate. We need you to cooperate. I'm begging you to cooperate. Let me lay this whole thing out for you. And Fertash still says no. What's happening? They have nothing. Zilch. And they are desperate. What if we arrest Papadopoulos? Maybe he'll talk. What if we arrest Cohen? Maybe he'll talk. What if we arrest Manafort? Maybe he'll talk. What if we arrest Flynn? Maybe he'll talk. Let's go get Furtash. Maybe he'll talk. They can't fabricate information. The collusion scheme didn't happen. Now, folks, this is all about to come out. And they are panicking. How do we know this? Look at this tweet by Jim Jordan. Excellent member of Congress from Ohio. A good man. Jim Jordan. He's at Jim underscore Jordan on Twitter. Inspector General Horowitz is a professional. He's conducting a crucial investigation into FBI and DOJ misconduct. But Adam Schiff said his investigation is, quote, tainted. What's got Schiff worried? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm in the gym yesterday doing the leg press machine, knocking out some quad dominals. That's a joke. That was from like the MTV <laughs> world, I think. Quad dominals? You got quad dominals? Doing quad dominals yesterday. Legs are on fire. I'm looking at my Twitter between sets. And I see this. Adam Schiff apparently was at an Aspen security conference asking questions. Someone asked him about the investigation, the IG investigation. And what happened? Schiff said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's already tainted. Ladies and gentlemen, they are freaking out. (laughs) Shifty. They're freaking out. Everybody knows Mueller was investigating a hoax and knew it. Everybody knows Mueller refused to clear Trump, although they knew in July the case was a hoax and potentially massively corrupt. They know now that the FBI was looking to develop sources within the White House on an illicit spying operation. They were using spousal relationships in the FBI to do it. And that an FBI official who left and went to go work and verify the dossier later made the transition into the Trump team while implementing an Obama security directive conveniently timed right around the time they opened up the FBI investigation into Trump and alleged that the Russians hacked the DNC. Oh, oh. Oh, don't worry, media. We got you covered, folks. Mm. And by the way, I don't care that other talk radio people take my stuff. I don't. I just wish once in a while you'd hat tip us. <laughs> Please. <laughs> right, Joe? Big Gosh. Time, brother. <laughs> just once in a blue moon. Would you send this? A hat? We hat tip everybody. A little kiss. Everybody. Just a Sarah little kiss. Carter, <laughs> Foreign Policy Magazine, Jeff Carter, even people that don't yeah. even like us, like those treehouse guys. They can't stand us. <laughs> I don't care. You do good work. We're going to put it out. Once in a blue moon. <laughs> would you send us a hat tip? Gosh. Sometimes the show's repeated verbatim. <laughs> they act like they made it yeah. up. They at, at least, Don't even mention me. At least give a hat tip to 279. The greatest source in the history of sources, okay? Just hat tip him. I don't need the personal accolades. I just feel bad (laughs) for him because he hears his stuff out there and it's like, 
I didn't give that to anybody else. Uh, whatevs, brother. I'm sorry. I, it's not me. <laughs> Joe's been in this business a long, long oh, time. Man. Since I'm like 15, right? You know, oh, people yeah. fleece stuff. Just at least throw the guy a hot tip. Been here for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, folks. They're panicking. Yeah. Schiff knows what I told you in the show. Share this show every to my Redditors out there and Reddit folks. You are the best. You guys and ladies have promoted this show better than anyone. No marketing budget can do what you did. Please share this show. The YouTube, the audio, the you, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to force anybody into the video. It's an audio podcast first and always will be. But the YouTube today, I would really appreciate if you check out. It's going to be the video later and a lot of the stuff I talk about, although you can follow fine on the audio, the video has some highlights in it that'll make it a little easier to follow. I'm just asking you today, please check it out, youtube.com slash Bongino. Subscribe while you're there. We appreciate it. All right. Finally, today's show brought to you by our buddies at NetSuite. NetSuite. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem growing businesses have that keeps them from growing is they don't know their numbers. And they have a hodgepodge of business systems that don't interconnect, don't talk. It's no way to run a business, folks. You should have a system for accounting, for sales, and inventory that can talk to each other. Integrated. You can't have a big, inefficient mess. It takes up too much time and too many resources, and that hurts your bottom line. What do we use? What do I recommend? NetSuite. Introducing NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow your business and increase the bottom line. With NetSuite, you'll save time, money, and unneeded headaches by managing sales, finance, and accounting orders and HR instantly right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Cloud business system, excuse me. Right now, NetSuite, can't recommend it enough, is offering you valuable insights with this free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash Bongino. That's netsuite.com slash Bongino to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com slash Bongino. Thousands of the best-known brands and fastest-growing companies around the world use NetSuite to manage their businesses, and now it's available to you. Paula, how much do you love NetSuite? She loves it, and she's an internet genius. She is. I'm not kidding. The date night genius, too. I hope when plan B takes effect, nobody tries to like alter our show at all. You know, ah, well, that can't happen. Yeah. We need to like do our thing. Right, Joe? Yeah, man. Our thing is like very unique. That it, it is, is our thing. It really all is. Right. <laughs> very unique. <laughs> Use most overused word in the English language. Ironically. unique. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this video is really horrible. I sent it to Joe oh, before dude. the show. Yeah. Now you're going to see this a lot on the news. Now, one of the things I don't like to do, and I got a nice compliment about this the other day, is I don't like to cover stories that you're going to be bathed in, uh, in the cable news coverage, because I don't want to be redundant. And I don't want to waste your time, but I think I have a different angle on this. Now, what happened? There is a disturbing video. I'll, I'll walk you through it when we come back for the audio listeners, but it's an NYPD video. If you haven't seen it, check us out at youtube.com slash Bongino. Um, it's, it, well, it's, not, it's a video of this individual who had cell phone videoed a couple of NYPD officers, one in Brooklyn, one in Harlem, um, in upper Manhattan. 
having buckets thrown at them, water thrown at them. Uh, the story's up in the, in the, you can see it also, for those of you audio listeners in the show notes, I have an article, NYPD cops get drenched by buckets of water in the New York Post. You can just click play right from that article and check it out too. But for those of you watching on YouTube, I want to play this video and I want to get back to you as my experience with the NYPD, what I think is going on here, why this system is broken and not just rage because you are going to when you see this. Play the video. No, they not. No, the f they not. Oh my God, they came over here to talk to them that they violated. Yo, they violated them. They violated them. No, they violated them. Oh, they not stopping. Oh my God. Y'all get back in your car. Black. Black. Oh, oh my. They laughing at them. <laughs> what they saying? <laughs> That's probably one of the saddest videos I've ever seen. Yeah. So it's these two cops, one in, uh, one set of cops in Brooklyn and another set of police officers up in Harlem. They're responding to a call. They're not just there because they're trying to bust somebody's cajones. They're responding to a call. They Someone's calling them for police services their tax dollars paid for. So a couple of lunatics decide it's a good idea to, I mean, splash them with water. That commentary you hear in the background is a couple of uh, idiots who decided to film it and not help, um, I, I, which I just don't get. Mm -hmm. In the second video, they're being, I mean, drenched, drenched with water. I mean, like Niagara Falls levels of water being thrown on them as they walk away. Folks, what's going on here behind the scenes with the NYPD? I keep many, many contacts within the NYPD. A lot of my friends my best man at my wedding was in my police academy class and is still there. Folks, when I was there, there was a transition going on with the NYPD, and you are now seeing that transition dismantle completely into anarchy you just saw on the streets. With communist mayor, failed human being, failed, failed, I mean, I, I'm talking about a, a failure of DNA. Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, is a disgrace to humankind, not to politics, to humankind. He's a disgraceful human being who should have resigned years ago, who has destroyed the once great city I lived in. He is destroying it piece by piece. That one man can do this and create a sense of anarchy is so deeply disturbing. It, 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 it's imbued in a conservative like me and feeds the fundamental fear of why governments become such a malevolent force in our society outside of our military and our cops, which de Blasio is destroying. What happened? When I first got on the NYPD, there was this theory, uh, and Joe, I need you to follow here in case I explain this wrong. Mm, well there was a theory of policing that you let the little stuff go. You let the little stuff go, especially in very busy, crime-ridden precincts, because you wanted the patrolmen and the patrolwomen to stay on the streets. Mm -hmm. So, for, for instance, when I was working in Upper Manhattan in Harlem in the 3-2 precinct in my field training... I once brought in a guy for smoking a joint on a corner. I'd gotten into a foot pursuit over. I wrote about the story in my first book. Yeah. Um, I've told this story here in the show before, too. Yep. I bring that guy, he's a young man, into the precinct, and we were going to charge him with possession of marijuana. He was smoking a joint out in public. It was like noon. It wasn't midnight or anything. 
I got yelled at by the desk sergeant. I mean yelled at. Like, yeah, I don't mean like, I mean like to the point where I thought, is this guy going to, you know, start throwing like a left hook? Mm. Brought me into the muster room there and just laid it out. You don't bring this in here. This is bull. You got a word out between curses once in a while. You don't arrest people for marijuana. Someone's getting killed out there. You need to stay on the streets. You don't get in a foot pursuit over this. You're crazy. I mean, I I I I think they let the guy go too, which I'm I don't even know if you were allowed. You, you're probably not even allowed to do anymore. Once you put handcuffs on someone, now you have to follow through. I'm pretty sure that I don't remember specifically. I'm sorry, it was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure they let the kid go. Hmm. Folks, that theory led to the early 90s, late 80s chaos in New York. Why is that? Because of the theory of broken windows. The theory of broken windows in policing is that if you have a factory and it's abandoned and a kid throws a rock through the window and you do nothing to fix it, that eventually more kids come by and throw rocks through the window because there'll be no penalty. Eventually you have a dilapidated broken window building. Then they're setting bonfires on the inside. And then what happens? Then the next building that's abandoned, they break the windows there and then burn that down. And by the time you're done, you have an entire city full of burned out shells of buildings because you didn't stop the first kid from breaking the window. It's a prophylactic way of policing. Stop the early stuff. It's the early stuff that matters. Mm-hmm. Follow me. With you. Yeah. The earlier David Dinkins pre-Giuliani theory was let the little stuff go, let them break the window, and stop them later when they come back and try to start shooting up the building. All right. What's the problem? The problem with that stupid theory is the kid who threw the rock through the window is the same kid who comes back later and shoots the building up. Get him when he threw the rock. Giuliani comes in, Rudy, and he says, enough of this. New York was fed up. They elected Giuliani a Republican. They said, Giuliani comes in and says, law and order is going to rule the day now. He brings in a guy named Jack Maple, William Bratton comes in, uh, former transit head who was up, I believe, in Boston at the time, whatever it may be. Bratton comes down, comes back. He brings in Jack Maple, and they institute this thing called CompStat, where they start saying to people, wait, wait, you got uh, 20, 30 cases of a guy peeing in public in the 7-5 precinct where I worked, which was packed full of homicides. Why aren't you doing anything? The commanding officer of the precinct's like, I'm not going to arrest the guy for peeing in public. You are now. You are now. Mm -hmm. And you know what happened, ladies and gentlemen? What happened to the crime rate? It cratered in just a couple of years. Why? Because the guy in the 7-5 precinct who was peeing in public that we used to let go is the exact same guy who was going to rape the woman on the corner 20 minutes later. Which he now didn't do because he's in jail. The woman who beat the crap out of her friend and you let go because it was a a minor assault, cross-complainants, That same woman, two hours later, is the one slinging crack on the corner. It was the same group of people. Do you get it? The turnstile jumper, who we used to let go in the Dinkins era. Oh, you can't arrest the turnstile jumper. You need to patrol the train. For what? For the turnstile jumper. He's the same guy that went and beat the crap out of a guy on the train an hour later. It's the same guy. 
Giuliani comes in, implements broken windows policing. He says, we're not going to allow them to break the window anymore. Law and order will rule the day. I believe the Giuliani line was at a riot. The first guy to throw a rock gets arrested. The second guy to throws a rock gets arrested. There ain't going to be a third guy. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> they weren't going to go Billy the Kid on him. After you arrest the first two guys, no one else is throwing rocks. Right. You dig? There's no third guy. That's all gone now, folks. Communist mayor Nikita de Blasio up in New York, who has crapped all over the city and has single-handedly driven this city back into chaos. It is precisely because of him that these cops are forced to endure this. Listen, I know a lot of you out there are cops. I've gotten a few emails on this already, even though the video didn't even air yet, because some of you saw it on Fox and elsewhere. I said, well, why didn't the cops do it? Listen to me. It is not a reflection. I know exactly what happened here. It is not a, a me measure of their bravery. These guys, if they would have turned around and done anything, would have been forced to fill out 15 pages of reports. Yep. They probably would have gotten a CCRB. The commanding officer probably would have had an answer to the, 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 you know, the police commissioner who probably going back to the mayor, but why'd they start a fight over a bucket of water? Mm -hmm. Because they don't have the back. This has nothing to do with the cops. These cops know nobody's backing them up anymore. This is shameful, disgraceful what's happening to our cops in this country. Listen, the bad ones, fine. There are bad apples everywhere. Get them out. Unanimous. Fine. But you using the actions of a very small, isolated group of cops who've decided to become criminals to indict the 99.9% .9 of cops who go out there and bust their asses every day for thirty and forty and $50,000 a year is an intergalactic disgrace what's happening to these guys. Nikita de Blasio is ruining that city. And I pin this exclusively on him. And this is not, by the way, a politically expedient or convenient argument just because I can't stand Nikita de Blasio. I am getting this from multiple cops. Email us. You know it. You know it's true. He has never backed up the cops. And those poor guys who got crapped on by these idiots throwing water at them, throwing a bucket at their head in one case, oh. it hit them right in the head. Yeah. These guys would have been nailed if they went back to the priests again, did anything about it. It's time to go back to the law and order days. Doesn't mean excessive force. Doesn't mean the police state. I'm a libertarian at heart. Don't confuse what I'm telling you. But ladies and gentlemen, you throw a bucket at a cop and you hit him in the head and you splash him with water while he's working, you're going to jail. There's not going to be a third guy. The first guy throws water. The second guy throws water. When they both wind up in the back of the patrol car with handcuffs on, there's not going to be a third guy. Disgraceful. Most shameful video I've seen. And forgive me on the audio side if you missed it, but that was a must play. Usually I only play a video that has an audio component that'll relate. I'm sorry you can only get the background noise. You need to see that. You need to see it and you need to show your friends. This is what Nikita de Blasio and these socialist hacks out there want. Complete, total chaos. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning. We're just going to leave it there. I'll see you all. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show.
You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.